Hey guys, welcome back to Seriously Podcast. I'm Mary. I'm Brittany. And guys, we're continuing our recap of Harlem. We're doing episodes 7 and 8. And you already know how we feel about these girls. Not from New York. Um, a mess. Um, not really more, more, many positives that we have about them. No, not so many positives. Great girls. Oh, um, great love energy. the friendship. Love the friendship. Love the vibe. Love the, um, the womanhood that they build around each other. Yes. But... Um, Hot mess, hot mess, hot mess, hot mess. Um, so I don't have much for them, but great girls, great gowns. Oh, great gowns, beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns. Um, and this week's episode is about, for episode seven, the theme is strong black women. So they are strong black women to a degree. Yeah. To a degree. Okay. So let's get into this episode and see what they're struggling with this week. All right, so we're starting off with Camille. Many, many, many issues. Um, First of all, she finds out Dr. Pruitt is interviewing candidates for the job that she thought was for her. She thought. (laughs) She thought. She's been missing therapy sessions. Yes, she has. And she's still thinking about a response for Ian. She is. She is. And I just want to point out, uh, you know, Nora, who's her understudy, but really her manager at this point, really <laughs> had to knock her down off her high horse. Because, you know, Camille was kind of giving her shade. And Nora was like, you know what, that's funny because I actually saw someone interviewing for that job. So that really knocked her down. It took her for a whirlwind. And so to put that on top of all that stuff you said, she is down and out right now. Down and out. This might yeah. be her lowest point that we've seen her. Mm-hmm. Who can she run to, honestly? Who um, can she run to? <laughs> the thing about her response to Ian, looking back at it, I'm like, what if he's not even thinking about romantically like she's assuming? What if he's thinking professionally? Did See, I didn't even think mistake? about that. I didn't even think about that. Very vague. It's very vague. Because he said, are we making a mistake? The mistake could be endless. Are we making a mistake working together? Are we exactly. making a mistake putting this art on this side of the wall? Exactly. There could be a lot there. But, you know, she's taking it as, are we making a mistake by not being together? Meanwhile, he's like, I was talking about the restaurant. So <laughs> she's, first of all, the fact that she's even thinking about this text next to her man. Talk about it. That's a problem for me. That is a huge problem for me. Because that's a good man. Let me tell you something about this man. That man is a good man. That's a strong black brother right there. And I wasn't really feeling him too much. But when he, when she was struggling the next day with trying to figure out, getting her paperwork together for Dr. Pruitt, and she was going to cancel her class. And he's like, whoa, <laughs> how, how would that work? How are you going to cancel your class when you're trying to go for tenure? Like, that just shows that you can't handle nothing under pressure. Right. She's like, oh my God, you're right. Like, he had to motivate her and push her. And that's what we like to see in a relationship, okay? We like to see that, granted, he was a stalker. However, he's warmed up a bit. Yeah, yeah. He's warmed up to me a bit. I still stalker. think he's whoop, back up. However, I appreciate how he supports her and he pushes her to be the best that she can be instead of allowing her to just live in her mediocrity. Okay, exactly. Because she would. And I think that's something that Ian let her do because she's like, I've never been in a relationship that pushed me like this. 
So that's something you should take a note of. You want to be with a man like this. Yes, 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 yes. But she's staying up at night thinking about Ian. <laughs> okay. Okay. So she gets to Dr. Pruitt and she's just doing a lot of talking. A lot of talking. Absolutely. A lot of throwing documents in my face. <laughs> a lot. A lot. There's a lot of that. Not reading body language and seeing that Dr. Pruitt is looking at her like, why are you here? Why are you here? What do you, what do you need from me? Is this even on my calendar? Right. right. But, you know, Camille says that she was a shoo for this job. Before mm-hmm. you got here, this job was mine. And I want you to endorse me. Dr. Pruitt looked her straight in the face. And said, no. What? No. I will not endorse you for this job. She didn't even look at the papers. She just, no. No. I could have saved you all this trouble. (laughs) Had you asked me that the first thing you did when you got in. (laughs) Even if you called me before, but before I get all my paperwork together, am I shooing? Do I have a chance? I could have told you, no. No. Don't waste your time. <laughs> you didn't have to stay up late. You didn't have to almost cancel your class. Because it was no. No. It was no 15 minutes ago, and it's no now. It was no from the minute you walked into my office in that dirty sex smell and the clothes from yesterday. It was that moment when I said no. <laughs> You're not ready. She basically told her, as a black woman in the Ivy League, like, you can't just be mediocre. Mm-mm. You have to be the best of the best. Yes. You gotta swim with the big sharks. You want to run with the big boys. You want to run with that big boy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because her old boss, not to say she wasn't good or anything, but Camille was the best for that group. But mm-hmm. I'm up top. If you want to ride with me, come on. And um, she told Camille, you know, you're not in the field. You're not doing the work. Mm. Like these little um, essays are cute. Like you have a little Essence magazine, if you will. But where's the time? Where is the publications? So I'm not impressed. At all. Sorry. Well, a seven shines in a room of fives. Doesn't make her a ten. And I, I, I definitely understood what she was saying. Yeah. I, I get it. Definitely get it because we're always taught that we we can't just be as good as the white people. We have to be better than them in order to be seen. Yeah. So she was comfortable or had been comfortable being like mediocre. Kind mm-hmm. of. And her professor before let her be that way. Like she never really pushed her to do more, do more of the work, do more of the research that Dr. Yeah. Brewer kind of requires. Yeah. And I think not to, I feel like Camille has the you know, the work ethic and she has the knowledge, but it's just from the moment she met Dr. Pruitt, she kept messing up. So it's like, I don't even consider you anymore. Like you're late, you come to class like this, like that. Like it's just like I feel like if Camille was on top of her game from the moment she met her, it would be a different story. It maybe she would not have gotten the job, but it would be more of a competition. Like I would consider you. Yeah, I definitely think Dr. Pro is wondering, like, how did you get this job? Like, who hired you? Because it makes no sense. <laughs> I don't in, think so. Yes. You walk in in your club outfits. You come late to appointments with me. What are you doing? Like, you're good for this job, but not not anything else. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. she says, like, you know, your classes have wait lists. You know, you have all this stuff. Like, you have good stuff. 
but it's not good enough. <laughs> and that hurts Camille to her core, of course. Yeah. Like, she looked forward to this from episode one, and now the dream is gone. She's devastated because she she does feel like it's unfair that, you know, there's white guys with less experience and they're able to grow into the role, but she's expected to kind of know her stuff. I get that as well. But unfortunately, in this real world that we live in, that's just the reality. Like, you have to be amazing. Absolutely. You have to show the best version of yourself. Even if you have to bedazzle something, show them that you can do that. Yeah. Like, Please, trust, I'm going through it right now. The interview process, this world trying to get um full-time job, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's so competitive, no matter what industry. <laughs> so while she's venting to her girl, she realized she is late for her therapy session. And at this point, I'm like, I can see why you are not getting a job. It's because you have no schedule. What's happening? So you remember what Dr. Wu was saying? This is what she's talking about. This is exactly what she's talking about. Right here. <laughs> where is your your little black book where is your alarm clock on your phone where is your reminder app make it we make have sense. no words make it make sense you want to cancel classes because you're overwhelmed with doing an assignment that nobody assigned you you're yeah. late for sessions you're, you're missing therapy sessions you're missing appointments like yeah. ma'am it's not looking good for you out here it's not and I think it could also be a bigger conversation as far as what it could be, like anxiety, like ADHD, like all those things could be something that you need to hone, hone down on to see, okay, what's going on so I can fix it and be better in life. Right. Yeah. And the, another thing is, although she has all this going on, like her mind always goes back to Ian and it's like, yeah. Miss, what is your priority? Getting this job or getting an engaged man? Engaged man. <laughs> put that up. Put that right there. Yes. What's going on? Because he, he's out here flourishing in his career, in his love life, in his um, business. So it's like, you should be doing the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she got, she got a lot going on, which I, I get it, but it's like, girl. So she goes to her therapist. You know, the therapist gave a lot of words of wisdom, but one thing that really stuck out was just like, you know, Camille had this plan and it's not go- her life isn't going as planned. It's like, that's okay. The person mm-hmm. who were back then is not who you are today. So it's okay if your plans change. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. Yes. And that's something we all should really consider. Because I know back then, I mean, you know, when I was younger, like, you know, you think when you're like 15, 16, you're like, okay, by 25, I'm going to have my husband, my kids. And when 25 come around, you're like, kids? Husband? <laughs> Wait, what? Like, it's like when you get to that age... You your plans change. Like who yeah. you are, it's okay. So we're gonna go to Angie. So Angie is um in uh rehearsal for Get Out the Musical. Mm-hmm. Buy me a ticket. Put me in the front row. I'm right. sold. The song, the theatrics, I'm with it. So the lead actress is calling everything ghetto. Oh, the set is ghetto. Oh, this this is ghetto. The stage is ghetto. So Andy calls her out on it, like, what do you mean by that? Right. And instantly, the actress is like, are you calling me racist? I didn't say that. Yeah, and why are you asking a question, answering a question with a question? Guilty. Immediately. Jail. Guilty. <laughs> Jail. <laughs> All I asked was, what did you mean? Which means, you know, expound on that. Yeah. Why are you calling this ghetto? What is ghetto to you? Use other words. That's what that means. Like, what do you mean by ghetto? Use other words. Not, yeah. are you calling me a racist? Like, 
quote. Because the fact that you associate me questioning ghetto with racism, yes, you are a racist. You are. Yes. All I said was, what do you mean? Yeah, because I don't understand. So <laughs> she runs up crying, um, Karen style, victim. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I'm hurt. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And the director called the town hall meeting about this. I'm like, do we really need to do this right now? Like, I'm trying to rehearse. Right. And so he basically is coming to Angie, sticking up for Karen. Like, you need to apologize for that. And that was uncalled for. So obviously she feels disrespected. You know, this isn't just a one-time thing. She says that this lady has been doing this the whole time we've been here. But this that was her last straw. Right. And, you know, Andy tells him, like, this is a form of racism. Like, the microaggression is racism. And the fact that you don't see that is a problem. He's caping for the wrong one. Put the that wrong. cape away. It's not needed here. It's not needed. You don't... Who are you trying to save? What? Don't you save her. her. You don't... She don't want to be saved. <laughs> don't do it then again he calls another meeting and makes Angie apologize to her and the way it went she was going off with everybody the director Karen all the black people who, she said sis you cool but everybody else but it was a it was a dream and I was hoping that she would go off like that but she can't she can't um, no, so, absolutely not. so she ends up apologizing to Kate she says I'm sorry and Kate gives her a hug like oh Thank you so much. Like, uh, like it was just like so fake. And it's like, forget this. Yeah. I'm out. Like, I don't even want to be a part of this. But I think she just walked out. I don't think she quit the play. She just kind of walked out like, I can't be around this right now. Yeah, I need the day. All right, so let's go to Quinn. So her mom stops by her little shop just to flaunt her new figure. That's That's a little shop. She's trying to impress her mom. She wants to impress her mom so badly and tells her about, you know, her working with Mira and how she is being paid 25000 and hopefully this leads to referrals and this is going to get her out of the black. Is that, that what she said? Right. Out of the black. Yeah. And her mom less. Her mom doesn't believe her, has no faith in what she is saying. Yeah. And is worried about being a number six. And I'm going to be a number four. That's all I heard. A number four. Oh, Keto, Keto, where have you been all my life? I'm this tin cauliflower pizzas away from a size four. Ma'am. Don't do that no more. We say this to you every time you come on this screen. <laughs> Me no don't like. do it no more. Please. Me no like. Me no like none of that. This is bad. <laughs> you know, and this is a struggle for Quinn, obviously. So later on, she goes to me with the girls, and you know, Angie, Camille are just sharing their problems. And every time Quinn's like, even girl, I wish asking my mom for money was my biggest problem. Hell, I wish my mom even had money to loan me. You no, know, it's bigger than the money because it's and, and she just. I was supposed to be getting that promotion to associate professor. Cut her off. Not even care. And they left my good sis with the bill. <laughs> they said you got it. You got it, girl. That's always, you know, you, you and your mom always have problems. My girl. Like, my sis, like, she is struggling, too. Like, yeah. come on. That just goes to show, like, Quinn is considered, like, the strong friend in the group where her problems aren't as um, crucial as everyone else, which is not yeah. the case. Yeah, she understands that, you know, her asking her mom or her parents for money is, like, minus- like her problems are minuscule compared to her friends. But it's the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, they're not there for her. 
and they're not understanding that she just wants to have a better relationship with her mother. Like that's exactly. the bottom line. Yeah. It's a bigger, pro- even though that problem turns money is kind of small, but it's a bigger problem of just a relationship with her mom. Like, I can't even talk to my mom and tell her I'm excited about something. Yeah. She just wants to have her that's mom's approval. Goal. So we're going to end things with Ty. Our good sis is in the hospital and the doctor is just rushing this diagnosis. He's just like, oh, it's just cramps. You'll be all right. <laughs> right. He's like, you're fine. You're fine. Ain't nothing wrong with you. You're going to get up. You can go. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You don't even need to, you know, put the IV out yourself. Mm-hmm. Walk, walk out right that way. That's fine. And Ty has to tell him, like, the pain is out of this world. I had my period for 11 days. And it's like, these are things that are important to know. And the doctor's like, oh, so you're here for drugs. <laughs> That's your type. <laughs> The drug addict. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Because they're trained, the people in the medical field are trained to believe that black women and black people are able to withstand pain more than their counterparts. And that's because they've yeah. been studying studies from like unethical practices and unfortunately nothing has changed and they still believe black people don't feel pain. That's basically what they believe, especially black women. Yeah. Exactly. And that's not the case. Like, we are human. Right. Just because we're black women doesn't mean we're human. Like, we, and we, black people have endured so much years, centuries, centuries of pain. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's not taken as serious. But it's like, come on, especially like in childbirth, that's yes. a lot of times women do, black women don't, don't get hurt. And so many deaths happen. And I think anything pertaining to, like, the um, the ovaries, and that's something that Black women struggle with the most. Yeah. He tells Ty that she needs a blood transfusion. He finds out that she is O negative. He's like, oh, universal donor. Why don't you donate blood as well? How are you going to tell me I need a blood transfusion and then tell me to give away that same blood, sir? Mm-hmm. You don't care. No. You do not care. There's no compassion when it comes to black people, unfortunately. It's it's become like a norm. It's such a norm. And it's yeah. sad. It's really sad. So, sad. so she's stressed because she's supposed to be going to Afrotech. But when she gets to the airport, sis is down again, down on the floor. Just down uh, on the she's gone. Once once again. How's she fall? Uh. <laughs> do you not? That's what she did. <laughs> These are serious. This is the problem with seriously podcast. That's what she did. Take anything serious. The way she fell over, it was. It was. It was like I'm trying to think. I can't take nothing serious. Never. Never. So she again down on the dirty floor. First it was the train floor. Now we're on the airport floor. Mm-hmm. Any port, any dirty. form of transportation. Any form. <laughs> Transportational floor. I'm there. You lucky I didn't go on the plane because that would have been it. <laughs> you lucky. <sighs> so again, she wakes up in the airport. Don't even know how she got there. Who she is. Uh, so the girls come to her. They're all by her side. And Ty is scared. She starts crying because. And even the friends, they never seen her in this vulnerable state. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, Ty, like, you're really, you know, you're scared, you're in pain. And so that triggered, like, a domino effect for everyone. 
to share what they're going through. And, you know, Camille was number one in line. Uh-huh. Um, I know you're in the hospital bed, but I have problems. So I'm yes. going to cry. And so she that was not her about, moment. Not her moment. You didn't need to do this right now. Hold it in. Like, let's be, who's in the hospital? Yeah, who's let's here? be strong for her. She yes. is in the bed. Like, you're just yes. complaining. Granted, we get it. You have problems. You're complaining about yeah. your job that does not exist because it was never yours. <laughs> you messed it up for yourself. Meanwhile, Ty is here on reason not even of her own. Okay? Life or death. Yes. And, you know, Camille cries about that. Angie's like, you know, and then Camille apologizes. That triggers Angie. Like, why we always got to apologize? She starts crying. And then they're like, Quinn, you oh, when I got together, she makes her, they, that makes her cry. I'm not, a, I'm actually a mess. I can't talk about it. And it's like, they all console her because it's like, they realize that she don't get a chance to talk about her problems. And that, that is hard for her. And even Camille try to take the flat, you know, the floor again. And Quinn got to say, I'm still talking. How does she do that? Camille. Ma'am, you're selfish. Sit outside. Because you don't know what a safe space is. No. It's not about you. <laughs> don't know what a safe space is. <laughs> it's not about you. So they were all vulnerable. The doctor comes in. And this doctor, I guess he wasn't as bad as the last one, but he still was bad. Um, He was bad. Okay. Bad. He's like, I know you're the type to not even want kids. So, which is fine. So we'll do the hysterectomy, sir. You don't know my life. Jump into assumptions. Just jumping in them. Jumping. What? Because of, of the haircut? What are you going to say to me? You going to say the same thing to me? Yes, he is. <laughs> what you thought? You was exempt? Because I got the curls. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be like, speak to your husband. Let him know that we're, we scheduled the hysterectomy for tomorrow. Yeah, because you guys don't want kids. Uh, hello. And that hurt Ty because it's like, Yes, she said she didn't want kids. You know, he doesn't know that. So, but at the same time, it's like, it's different when someone tells you you can't. That's a whole different ballpark. Um, the doctor's like, you know what? Should I call your husband? Because <laughs> you, you don't seem to understand how to do things. You know, you're not ready. You're not ready. So I'm going to call your husband. He already okayed the surgery anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm confused. Then all of a sudden, this Brandon Jones come in with flowers talking about. Hi, Ty. It's been a while. Hi, but who this woman? Sir, who are you? Seriously, who are you? And it's kind of like, girl, this is my husband. What? What show is this? What, what husband? What husband's you talking? What husband? I don't understand. So let's go to the writer's room real quick. Writers, why did we feel the need to give her a husband? <laughs> <laughs> did we really need? To? Okay, so obviously, this is a, does she, is she living a secret life? Is she living a double life? This is someone that she married just to give a green card. We have questions. Right, because the girls don't even know who he is. And they've known her since college. So, husband of how many years? And why did you feel safe with this friend group to share that information? Mm. I feel like it would be harder maybe for her to maybe come out to her friends. But just to say, oh, I have a husband from back in the day. This is what happened. These are my best friends. Why can't I share that? Right. Uh, are you bi? And let us know. <laughs> are you not sure? It's okay. Hmm. Interesting. So hopefully we get to learn more about Brandon Jones. Camille, do you think that Dr. Pruitt will 
change her mind? Maybe Camille could do something to change her mind? No, I think her mind's made up about Camille because my mind's made up about Camille. And I've known her the same amount of time that Dr. Pruitt's known her. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think she's ready. I don't think she's ready. Um, It's going to take some time. She's going to have to wow Dr. Pruitt. And even after that, it's like in five years. I see what you're doing. Talk to me in five years. Yeah. Then we'll have a conversation. Add some more um, publications to your resume. Get some more work. In the experience. work. Yeah. yeah. In the field. In the field. And I'm assuming uh, Camille's thinking that her helping Ian at the restaurant is field work. Yes. How is that important? <laughs> Come to think of it. <laughs> How, what is the field of this? Like, why? I don't think so. Just why? This is not, this is not what Dr. Pooh was talking about. At all. Helping a French restaurant put art on the walls. No. And how come you didn't respond to his text just saying, what do you mean? Very simple. That's number one. In what sense? Making a mistake, how? You're staying up late, coming up with these fake responses, then deleting it, coming up with another one. You're losing sleep over this? Over this? Or just a simple, why? Do you think it's a mistake? So he can say, yeah, because, or no, because, go see what he's thinking. A simple, what do you mean? Very simple. What, what do, do you mean? mean? Done. What do you mean? That's it. That's it. Um, but Camille is not the type to do things simple, so we can't expect that of her. Episode eight? Yeah. Let's do it. Episode eight is titled Five Years Ago. So we're taking it back. We love a throwback. We love a throwback. Because we, we have to understand... To How did we get here? When did we get here? Why did we get here? (laughs) What did we get here? What is this? What is this? (laughs) We like to know. We would definitely like to know. It explains a lot. Yeah. It really helps. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. We appreciate it. (laughs) So we're starting off with time. She works for a tech company. She's surrounded by stupid white guys in hoodies and t-shirts and jeans coming up with dumb tech ideas. And she's in the corner in a bad wig and in professional clothes. Yeah. And I'm confused. When you interviewed for this job, you saw what everybody was wearing. Yeah. You chose to still come in slacks and a blouse. Yes. I'm assuming uh, she feels like as a black woman, I have to present myself in a certain way for them to take me serious. No. You can still do that in casual clothes. You can absolutely still do that in casual clothes. The gap is there for a reason. The gap is there. You can do a cute business casual. You can. You can do a cute button up with a denim. We're always coming for her outfit choice. We're actually coming for a lot of their outfit choices. And no disrespect to anybody on set, but it's just a certain certain look that we, we want these girls to have. Polished. That's the that's the theme we go for, polished. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and so that was a, a, a strange choice for Tom. Strange choice. Especially in this environment. Environment. <laughs> <laughs> the words you choose to use. Gotta use these type of words. Yeah. Her girlfriend Mel asked her to move in with her, but I want to hold, hold on. Go ahead, go put ahead. a little pin in that girlfriend. So five years ago, still no Brandon Jones. 
what's going on? Continue. Yes, her girl, her girlfriend asked her to move in with her, and she's kind of hesitant because something is eating up at hers with the keys in her eyes. Oh yes. I just want to talk about the narrative of putting surprises in food, the ring in the cupcake, or the key in the fry. Like, I'm still eating. Listen, you put a key in my fry, I might eat it. So that's a problem for me. How? You take it one at a time. A fry and a key don't don't feel the same, babes. They don't feel the same. Now when you eat your fries. Well, who eats like this? Who eats fries like... Like that. No one does that. When you're hungry, you just take a bunch. Listen, when you're at McDonald's, you take Take one a at a time. Maybe two or three. No. But you don't use your whole hand to take fries. You're lying. You might. If you're hungry, you might. So you will accept the cupcake ring in the proposal. No, I don't think any objects should be in food. It's unnecessary. Whoever can get punched in the face. Wait, what? Whoever came up with the idea to put yes, objects yes. in food to surprise yes. somebody needs to get punched in the face. It's unnecessary. It's unsanitary. I don't want it. What are we doing? What are we doing? And for what? So our future men, don't do that. Yeah, because if I chip my tooth, we're done. We're done. You want me to say yes with a chipped tooth? <laughs> yes. No, I'm not. Because you already know... I eat chunks, okay? I eat like that. I eat. If I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat. So that just proves to me that you don't know me. And you don't care for me. Because you want me to swallow a ring. (laughs) You don't don't know me. You don't care about me. You don't like me. We're done. You don't like me. You want to build a future and now it's over. Because you don't know me. You don't like me. You really don't like me. You don't like me. You hate me because you want me to eat an object. If you wanted to break up with me, just you should you should have just did that. You don't have to try to kill me. <laughs> you don't have to do that. It's very simple. I'm it is. Fine. I don't like that person who ever came up with that, but it works for Ty. She thinks it's beautiful, it's enduring. She says yes. So Ty and Melissa go to have to do laundry. Census has been eating up with Ty eating Ty up about Brandon and the marriage. She's like, you know what? If I'm trying to build a future with this lady, let me tell her about my baby. Man. <laughs> I'm trying to build a future with this woman. Let her t- let me tell her about this man. Let me try to do it. She explains that she is married. She met him before college. So mm-hmm. like probably like high school sweethearts type of situation, best friend growing up. They like, if I'm going to marry anybody, it would be him. So and that's what she does. And she felt like marrying him would just make her forget about her, what she really wants, like her lesbian lifestyle, like just kind of brush that over under the rug. And of course that didn't work. Mm-hmm. So she's like, you know, he was so sweet. All he talked about was our future and all that we could do. So you just ran away. And never looked back. And you didn't think just vanishing would hurt him? Yes. Yes. I didn't want to break his heart, so I left in the middle of the night. Yes. What's wrong with that statement right there? To her, that sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. That (laughs) sounds... She thought she was doing something nice. 
Because yeah. she's yeah. not trying to hurt his feelings. Yeah. So let me disappear in the middle of in the, the night of and the never night. come back. So that will make gone. him happy. So she is gone. She's on milk cartons right now. Yep. Like nobody knows where she is. Nobody knows anything about her. And Melissa's hearing this, but she does not care. Like this little violin story, like you lied. <laughs> She's You're disgusted. She is disgusting. Yeah. She's hot. I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> like, I can't trust you. Like, who's to say you won't flee in the middle of the night, leave me too, when things get harder? You don't want to tell me something. I don't, I can't trust you. Yeah. And you're doing all this in a laundromat. You want to make a scene? You're embarrassing me. Yeah. I just want to fold my clothes. I just want clean clothes. That's all I want to do. That's it. We could have did this in my apartment. Yeah, but you want to, because we're here with the dirty laundry, you want to put your dirty laundry on me? <laughs> That's what you, you thought this was cute, like a metaphor? Absolutely not. No. No. So she leaves her. She flees. Yeah. Like, I can't do this. She said, let me show you how it's done. You want to see how that feels? Let me flee. Yes. Yes. Let me show you how Brandon felt. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad. We go to Angie. What you think about Angie's five-year-ago look? It is ten times worse than her today look. I take back everything I said about today's look because this is worse. I can't even describe to y'all. <laughs> How she looks today is Rihanna Met Gala compared to back then. Yes. that Back then, she was just throwing things on. Anything. Because it's a label and said, Anything. this is fashion. Yes. I'm going to put this hat on. I'm going to put this scarf on. And I'm going to put these beads on. Don't need all that. And I'm going to put the hair on top of the hat because that's fashion. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put lipstick on my neck because that's my phone. That's my Anything. Over the sweater. Yes. You're going to see the Chanel tag, okay? You are because it's fashion. And it was just so wrong, okay? (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't right. It was wrong. It was wrong. First of all, you know, I forgot that she was this artist back then so she had songs on the radio and you know no, album didn't. if you will okay she had she no thought- plays no hits <laughs> okay she had no plays no hits and she's trying to figure out why like why when i get in this car my song isn't on every station like mm-hmm. she's not understanding mm-hmm. and her manager's not picking up her calls so she rolls up on him and he's packing his stuff he's like why are you still here what do you need <laughs> And I'm like, what is going on? He's going to Paris and she thinks she's going to or something. So he's like, listen, you're not on the label anymore. And you got to be out of the company townhouse by the end of the day. When were y'all going to tell her? Yeah, because my phone works. Her phone works. Her email works. You know where the townhouse is. Send me a letter. She's been calling y'all. So <laughs> well, how is she supposed to know that, nothing, that she don't have a job anymore? Like what? I don't know. I, I never, know. I think it's good that she got out that label because it was unprofessional, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and he also gives her the um, the hard truth that no one even likes your music. No one is playing flow into you because no one likes it. Release the other then. Get it, get it going. No one's sinking another penny into you. That was difficult. No one likes your song. It's not a good song. And she is baffled. She's like, what do you mean? How? How? <laughs> she was really like, what do you mean song? nobody likes my song? <laughs> I need to hear the song. Let me be the judge of this yeah. song. 
If it's based on the clothes, I might believe you. I definitely will believe it. If this, <laughs> if the solid song matches the outfit, I understand. I understand why she was dropped. I get it. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to Quinn. She's uh in her corporate field. There's no color. There's no life to her. This mm-hmm. is not the Quinn that we know and love. And she's not happy. But her mom actually loves everything. Everything she, Her mom loves everything that's going on. She's actually proud of her. Yep. She likes that she's actually doing something for herself. Quinn is just like, you know what? I quit my job. You what? I quit. After I left? I had to. I'm sorry. I was miserable. Tell her mom <laughs> that she quit her job without any preparation. Which is like, it's done. Like... All my stuff is in a box. I'm done. Yeah. She tells her mom this so she can start her own business. You know, the mom is disgusted by that. And (laughs) at this point, I understood it. Like, you know, we always see her mom and Quinn go back and forth about her dreams and stuff. But even Quinn quitting her job at this moment to start a dance company for kids. I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Because where are those kids today? Who's teaching them dance today? Five years later, you're designing clothes. You're designing clothes. Where are the kids? Where for grown-ups, not for kids. <laughs> so how'd you get here? High and dry, not mm-hmm. knowing anything. Basically, her mom is not really mad at her having dreams and passion. It's the, the point of how money changes relationships. Yeah. She doesn't want that. She didn't want that for them. Like, she wanted Quinn to be her own person, you know, have her own, comp- uh, you know, bank account, not to ask nobody for nothing. Like, she was proud of that. Like, you're doing this on your own by yourself. And now you're going to have to depend on me and your dad. And yeah. our relationship's going to change, which is real. Mm-hmm. Money changes people all the time. She doesn't want Quinn to be like her, which I get. I get it. I get it, too, because she knows that there's going to be resentment in the relationship from here on. Because yeah. before, five five years ago, her mom, like, loved being around her. And now we see that her mom kind of is, like, almost annoyed because it's like she knows anytime Quinn comes around, it's because she wants money. Exactly. But I can't even enjoy you being around because I know the next thing you're going to say is, hey, mom, I need money. It's like, I'm annoyed. Yeah. So that's going to affect their relationship. And Quinn doesn't believe her because she's like, I have my business plan for my gym for the kids. Yeah. And then I think like a couple episodes back, she had like two other businesses. Too, yeah. Like, yeah. Yikes. Like, I think she had like a juice bar and something else. Like, and that's okay. Like we're not coming for Quinn because sometimes it takes time to figure out what you really want. Mm-hmm. In life or what you want to do. So it does take time. But I think that she should not have quit her job. Yeah. Until she was fully established. Yeah. And she could quit the job. Yeah. Because she was privileged enough to be able to start all these businesses, but it's because she had her parents. Yeah. A lot of people do not have that luxury. And they have to start from the trenches. Mm-hmm. So we're going to end with Camille. She's in a happy relationship with Ian. They're leaving for Paris together as a unit. Yes. Shockingly shockingly because that you know this whole time we didn't know what happened how did he get to paris she didn't come and the gag is she it was supposed to be a wee 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 french we're gonna paris it's a wee 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 <laughs> we're gonna go from there yeah so that was a shocker for me she also has um a strange relationship with her mom and her mom is supposed to be coming into town to, I guess, say goodbye before she goes to Paris. The problem is her mom always kind of, like, fails to show up. 
whenever they come up with, whenever they decide to meet together. So it's like her depending on her mom is just, she knows that she has high hopes for it. And it's just like yeah. her mom fails her every single time. Yeah. So that's that. Yes. <laughs> her a, lot's going on. a lot's going on. The day of her leaving, her professor tells her, don't go chasing no man. Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> She tells us the day of, don't be like me. Because I did that and I had to start over. Like many, many women. And you don't want to be that girl. Mm -hmm. Thank you for telling me that today. Today. But Camille wasn't phased. She said, cute speech. Good luck. That's not us. (laughs) (laughs) She she was that girl that's like, that's not me and my man. We're different. But thank you so much. Sorry it didn't work out for you, but it's going to work out for me. So, thank you. Mm -hmm. Camille is like, okay, you know, she closed closed everything up with her supervisor. Let me go back to my mom. Got to close everything out with her. Her she waiting for her mom, waiting, waiting like an hour. Mm-hmm. She texts her mom, "Hey, are you you know still coming?" The mom said, "Baby, I done got on the wrong train. I will see you later, girl." <laughs> mom, you can't get another one. You can't get on the opposite track. Mm mm. She's just gonna no, keep going. I'm just going. I, am <laughs> So, wait, first of all, where is the mom coming from? Are we talking MTA train? We talking Amtrak? Where is she coming from? Yeah, I need to know because it's not make. It doesn't matter where she's coming from, actually, because you can get on the train to go back to the direction you're supposed to be going to. And at one point, is it like, is it when you you hit Cincinnati and you're like, I'm on the wrong. I'm on the wrong train. Like, what is it? When did you realize, if I did not text you and say, hey, are we still meeting up? Were you just going to keep going on the midnight train to Georgia? Like, what? (laughs) Ma'am. What's happening? What's going on? Because I I saw something on Twitter where somebody was like how they... They w- were witnessing someone realizing they were on the wrong train. Like, let's say, I don't I don't remember the city, but let's say they were going to Newark, Detroit, but they meant to go Newark, New Jersey. So maybe it was that type of thing where it was the same. No. Because she was going to Manhattan. There's only one Manhattan. <laughs> There's only one Harlem. Never and mind. you know the Harlem because you grew up there. You live there. So you know where you're going. How did you get on the wrong train? Tell me. Something. The math is not mathing. She lied. Something's not right. Let me tell you something. That mom was in her bag. Yeah, she didn't want to meet her. Mm-mm. She said, I'll see you when you get back from vacation. Meanwhile, mom, I'm moving. I live there. I'm going to yeah. live there. Her mom don't believe that either. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, girl, I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> so they get to the airport, and Ian is denied for some reason. I don't know what the reason was, but he has to get his uh, passport renewed in yeah. order to fly. He, he didn't do his research. She, she's upset about that because apparently she's a planner in this year. Five, five years ago, she was a planner. She's the one that solves problems, and she's kind of upset that she always has to step in to take care of something for him. So I'm like, oh, this is who you are? Oh, this is Because even when the friends met up, they're like, what are we going to do when uh, Camille leaves? Like, she's the one that figured everything out for us. I'm like, Camille, what problems did you guys have that Camille was able to figure out? Camille, 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 Camille. Ca- what? The- nah, not Camille. Columbia I don't Camille. Know who that Camille was? Camille, Camille. 
Um, so apparently, yes, this is her life. She fixes problems. Mm-hmm. He couldn't even pay for the uh, renewal. She had to pay on, like, three different cards because he maxed out his, his credit card. And I'm like, where were you going then? You're going to another country. What were you going to do? And you don't have $1,000 right now? You're going to another country. So everything is ready for you when you get there? How are you getting on the how are you getting from point A to point B? Is somebody picking you up? What's happening? How are you eating? How are you eating? Where are who where are, are you, you going? going where are you going? What's happening? Where are you going, grown man? Where are you going? Yeah, that was a red flag for me. That was a red flag for me. Yeah. And then, yes, like in serious relationships, you know, you pay I pay for this, you pay for this, I got you, you got me. But it's like, we're, it's not like we're going on vacation. We're trying to start a whole new life for a couple of years in a whole country. Mm-hmm. So for you to not have available funds. You have no moolah? That's that does not work for me. And then I ain't got it either. <laughs> so how we both look, nobody got it. <laughs> so th- this is not working. This is not working for her. All of this is just, she needs to take a yeah. stroll. She yeah. took a walk around the city. Thinking about everything from what her professor said to what she experienced at the airport dealing with Ian and him not being prepared and her wanting to also pursue her dreams. She's just like, this is too much. Spiraling out of control. My mom's still on the train to Georgia. My mom? I don't know where she is. <laughs> so I can't leave knowing my mom's just riding trains. Like, <laughs> just riding <laughs> <laughs> I can't. can't. It is too much. So then we get to that scene from episode one where he's getting in a cab from five years ago and yeah. Uber is around. Yeah. But the cab is on the way. I don't know what cab yeah. he's talking about. And That's Uber from Angie. But yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and she finally says, um, I'm not going no more. So you took one walk. And it took one night. Let's take a long walk. You so you hit that Joe Scott, mm-hmm. and now you're not coming. Yes, she did a whole one eighty on him. Yeah, and she felt like she's going into it in chaos. Like these, like I feel like I get what she was saying, but I also feel like things happen, and it's just like also I don't I don't know if I would take all this as signs. The only thing, the money thing. That's that's a big issue. That was a huge red flag. A huge issue. But um, him, like, you know who this man is. You've been with him for years. So you know he's not the researcher. You know he's not the planner. You know that he lives life on a whim. So y'all planning this trip, you knew the type of man he was. Mm, yeah. I don't know why it didn't dawn on you until three minutes before the flight. Yeah. I don't get it. So in addition to her not going, I need stability, Ian. What the fuck? So you're you're not coming and you're breaking up with me? He like, said. <laughs> he said you're not coming and you're breaking up with me. So what is happening right now? Where are we? Why are we? How are we? When are we? What is this? Who? What? He could not. She knocked the air out of him. Literally. And, oh, my God. So, they're both heartbroken. He, I mean, there's nothing he can say. He's not going to stay. And she's not going to go. So, it's like, I guess we are parting ways. And he gets in the cab. And he had a ring. He was going to get on bended knee. 
Mm. You're running the Eiffel Tower. With no money. But he was going to do it. That's where the money went. In the ring. Yeah. That's the romance. To the writer's room we go. Do you think that Camille was right in her decision to do what she did? Leave him high and dry. I think she was justified in her decision. I just don't think she did it the right way. Absolutely. the flight was in an hour. We got aboard. Everything was packed. Where are you going to live? <laughs> you can't go to your mama's house because she's on the train. You can't even go back to your apartment because that's being subleased to somebody else. Yes. Yeah. All your stuff is en route to Paris. Yeah. Where's all their stuff? So they shipped it. But he got he to gotta catch the flight to ship it back. Or maybe they put it in storage because, like, they probably have, like, a flat in um, Paris. Maybe he yeah, got room and board. I don't know. I think that his professor or something was letting him live with them for a while. They were going to uh, live in a room in somebody's house. So, again, that was something that she didn't like either. Yeah. It was like, at what point do you say, okay, I don't like that. Let me look up some small apartments that we could afford. Yes, planner. Please. Yeah. Like, why, if you know this is not him and you're the planner, why are you going into this blindly? Yeah. It, it was not making sense to me because from the minute you found out that he was going, you should have been really thinking about, do I want to go with him as well? Yeah. And I think that's when your professor should have told you something, not the day that you're leaving. Not the day of. But then also, Camille had this plan that, you know, she was going to finish this, she was going to finish her dissertation, she could do that anywhere, submit that, and, you know, teach in Paris. Like, she had a plan. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, she didn't like that plan. Yeah, they started off the day, like, they had sex, they were so happy, they were in this blissful space, and then by the end of the episode, by the end of the day, she broke up with him, and she's like, this is not gonna work for me. <laughs> I think things got real for her. Where she was like, oh, wait, this is not a fairy tale? Mm. Okay. Oh, this is life. All right, let me figure out. Let me figure out what's going on. But it sucks because I feel like five years later, she has regrets. She has thoughts like, maybe I should have went to Paris. Yeah. I feel that she should have went because, like, the flight's in an hour. Let me go. Let's talk about it in Paris because mm-hmm. the flight's already booked. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm not feeling it, if I don't feel we have a good plan, then I'm going to head out. Yeah. I think she feared that once she's there and once she's in it, she's going to do what a lot of women do, which is like try to help the guy in any way that any way that she can. And she feared that she can quickly become comfortable in that role of like supporting him. And she wants to pursue her own dreams. But like her professor has said, like so many women start off thinking that that's what they're going to do. But because we're such nurturers, we want to be supportive of the man and help him. With his dream. So mm-hmm. that's why she probably was just like, I'm not going to go at all. Yeah. I guess. I guess. It's just because you see five years later, he was good. He did what he had to. He did what he went to Paris for, came back and was flourishing. So it's like, if this, if you know him, you know he's capable of doing what he said he's going to do. So you should have trusted him too. Yeah. And you could have still did your own thing. But we also see that maybe he wasn't as supportive of her dreams, too. So Yeah. Like, when she was spiraling in the airport and listing all these things that's wrong, I'm like, you're now noticing this? Like, you you knew the man that she was with. Yeah. So it also goes back to, like, what did she make her decision 
out of fear. Yeah, I guess it was out of fear because she also said like the issue with her mom. She doesn't want that to happen in their relationship when they go to Paris. Yeah, she was just scared of what she, what woman she would become yeah. when she's in Paris. Yeah, and that took him for a loop. Like you just had a bad day, and now you're, <laughs> you're just like changing all of our plans. That's literally all it was was a bad. Day. Yeah, it just had, you just had a bad day. That's what I'm like. Just go to Paris, think about it. Okay, yes, I can do it. No, I can't. And then we'll do the long distance thing. If that doesn't work, then we try. Like try. Yeah. My thing is just try. I think she was scared okay. to try because she doesn't want to sort of give in. I guess. Yeah. If if it got to the point of, like, things getting rocky, maybe she would have to compromise or give in more to support him. And I think she didn't want to do that. So she she said, I got to put me first. I got to put me first. I got to put me first, Lucy. I got to put me first. I got to put me first. Literally, all she, that's all I heard when she said, I'm not going. I got to put me first. I'm crying because she did. She really did. She had to put herself first. And he was shocked. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I get it. So I hope he went and, um, you know, pawned that ring because, sir, you need the money. You need the money. You need the money because you ain't had no money. You really went to another country. No money at all? Maybe he had cash. No. I will say because sometimes when you go on vacation, you always want to have that stash of cash. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen to your account overseas. So. Yeah. Maybe he had the cash. I hope he had. And you want to, yeah, because you want to convert that cash to um, European currency. Mm-hmm. So we'll give him that. But he could have paid cash at the DMV or wherever he was. But but maybe he really needed that cash when he gets to Paris. But my thing is, if she didn't pay for it, how were you going to pay for that? Were you, were you not Where were you going? Go? <laughs> you wasn't going. Because I would be like, what are you going to do? I would have paid some. I'm like, I got half. Yeah, I, w- I would offer 50%. I'll, I'll pay half. 50%? The most I would do. I would but I'm not paying the whole thing. Especially if she's not even going. Why'd you pay? That's the thing, too. If I was... If I... But she, I guess in her mind, she thought she was going. And I was just saying, like, in relationships, you know, I give, you give. We we look out for each other. But I think I would just would do 50% because you didn't do your research. And then also me as a traveler, as like when I do trips, all right, who is that? Does everybody have their passport? Yes. What's the date looking like? Let me see yours, babe. Because he flipped it on her. He he flipped it on her. He was like, you didn't do the research either. (laughs) She was like, come on. Let's all do the research. Right. It ain't ain't hard to Google something. It's very free. Very easy. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happened with her. Ty, I just don't understand why she didn't get the marriage annulled or like settle that. Like, yes, you fleed. And like, as time passed, at what point are you like, hey, so let's, let's, you know, let's dissolve this, this marriage? <laughs> Does, is Brandon Jones really think she's still missing? Like, on a train with Camille's mom? Like, <laughs> what's happening? My thing is, why did you even get married? You're straight out of high school. You're about to start college. Was there someone forcing you to marry him? Like, no one was forcing you. You didn't have to do that. You just did that because he asked. Yeah, the minute he said, oh, I want to marry you, that moment you should have fleed. You should have said, I'm actually going to school in New York. <laughs> I have to go. That's it. But I wish you the best of luck. Mm-hmm. But you married and have this wedding. I guess you wanted to make her family happy. At 18? Did she really, is she missing from her family too? Yeah, I think she is. Because the girlfriend said like, so your family and him did not even know where you were? And she was like, I was scared. I was 18. 
So at this point, does her family and him not know about her lifestyle and her success? I'm sure they have Instagram and Facebook and the news and Forbes. I know they have Forbes. I'm assuming this is small town living. That's what it's giving. Small town living. Okay. Did they not call the police? Our daughter's been missing for years? For years, actually. Years. Years, yes. Yeah. It's a good, what, 10 years that she's been missing? Gotta be. Okay, girl. Gotta be. So, and then just like, and then Brandon pulling up with the flowers. Hey, Ty, it's been a minute. Yeah, it has. It's been yeah. 10 years. Why didn't you send him divorce papers, like, from the... That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make sense. Writers. doesn't make sense. They will get something more later. I mean, I, I guess it plays into how why she is um, an F-boy so much. Because she had, like, that eating at her. That was a chip on her shoulder the entire time. I guess. I'm not buying it. She doesn't not believe sold. Ty. She doesn't believe in her. <laughs> I just feel like there's better ways we could do things. Yeah, definitely. Like, she didn't have to string this man along. I'm sure he noticed as he got older. Like, right. he's like yeah, she yes. wasn't attracted to men. <laughs> Look, don't, you do like the doctor did. You don't want kids. No. <laughs> you don't know what she wants. But, okay, she got married. Like, I get the struggle of trying to please your family because you don't want to come out the closet. I get all that. But I just think the time, the, all the time, why are you still holding on to the secret? Like, if you're comfortable enough to let, you know, be out of the closet, open, out, then that, that part of your life should have been resolved first. Mm. Why are you still hiding that? She's opposite hiding in the closet. <laughs> For her, I guess it was out of sight, out of mind. Like, that was my past life. I don't live that life anymore. I'm the new Thai. But once she got to New York and she came out, she became more comfortable. It was like, I'm I'm this new person. Like, that well, life didn't exist. When you taxes, you got to put married. I was still following you. She probably was putting single. Girl, tax fraud. I can't. <laughs> Forbes going to find out that you married. Forbes going to find out. They going to have to edit that paper. Yep. Absolutely. Angie? I have nothing. I don't want her to be the angry black woman. That's all I have for her. Yes. And I agree. Other than that, like, I just want more for our girl, Angie. Like, I feel like the show does not give her the respect and the love that this character deserves. Okay. Yeah. When it comes to storyline, when it comes to life, when it comes to fashion. That's a big we one. Need, we need better. We need better makeup, hair, fashion. We need more for our girl, Angie. Yeah. Like, I do appreciate the musical aspect. But I don't know. She needs more, like a, a more in-depth storyline. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, they got picked up for a second season, so hopefully she might have like a love interest. She might be more advanced in her career. Like we want more for Angie because she's yeah. kind of to the side. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Yeah, like supporting the supporting actress. <laughs> Maybe we'll get more. Okay. Um, and then Quinn. On that mom to drop with this accent, that's possible. <laughs> Men are like, but um, that's number one. Only thing, uh, only thing I have for Quinn is just I'm just happy that she found happiness in fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that she doesn't let the non non support of her mom stop her. Just celebrate your wins. You have your friends that celebrate your wins. Um, her mom will come around like once. Her mom sees consistency in the the money coming. Mm-hmm. Then she'll be like, "Okay, you got it." Yeah, I think her mom will believe her more once she shows the work. Show the work. That's the thing. Be in the field, okay? 
<laughs> everyone in the field. Okay, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. So we'll be back with the final two episodes of Harlem very, very soon. If you're not already, please follow us on all social media platforms at Seriously Podcast and listening to us on all podcast platforms at Seriously Podcast and watching us only on Black Oak TV. If you're not already, um, you know, just tweet us, DM us, and let us know any questions, comments, concerns you want added to the show, what you feel we need to add in the writer's room because you know we going to say it. So, um, and if you have any suggestions on shows that we should be watching, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to us. So, bye guys. Bye.